1: Hail, cheaters. Welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon,
0: how are you? I'm good, Josh. Sometimes we can bury the lead when we open the podcast, but I'm just going to come right out and say it. I'm advancing in the uh, cup this round. Game week 17. You know, not a lot of great news for me to report, but going to advance in the cup.
1: Congratulations to you! Looks like I'm in advance as well. Very exciting news. Uh, I have, I don't think I've ever made it past two rounds of the of the uh, Premier League Cup or whatever they whatever they call it, the (laughs) Fantasy Cup. Uh, It's like I always lose to some dead team who who like hasn't changed their team in eight weeks and has you know some like a Chris Wood captained or something like that, and uh, that's always like the week that Chris Wood gets a brace or something. So exciting for both of us. The world of FPL online, you can have a lot
0: of sort of secret humble braggers out there that are like, "Hey, 99 points uh this week, one left to play all out, is that any good?" <laughs> right, right. Uh and you're like, "Come on. I know what you're trying to do." But <laughs> yeah. with with the FPL Cup through the official fantasy site, you can have people out there they're like, "I advanced to the fourth round of the FPL Cup, is that any good?" And I think that's a genuine question
1: that people are asking <laughs> yeah, that's true. Is it any? This, this cup is shrouded <laughs> in mystery. No one really knows that is anything true. about it. I mean, to it. win, yeah, I don't even know what the odds would be to win the whole thing. It's It's got to be, the odds have got to be as like random as Magnus Carlson actually being number one in the world right now. Can you, that's not even on the running order, but can you believe how insane that is? It's really insane. The fact
0: that we've been talking about Magnus for a couple mm-hmm. of years now. He sort of emerged as an FPL celebrity, like, hey, did you know this guy plays FPL? And then a season and a half later, suddenly he's number one. (laughs) By like 20 points. It's really mind boggling. Yeah. It's hard for anyone to do it, let alone a guy you've actually heard of to do it.
1: I mean, yeah, it's incredibly hard. I mean, I don't know anyone who's even, I mean, like, I guess there are a couple people who like have finished in the top 10. Or number one, what did Simon Simon March win it? Or he was in the top. I don't know. You know, there's a couple people who like are on Twitter who've who wonder if finished in the top ten. But you know, in general, I mean, even like among our friends, even the people in the fantasy world, like I think, you know, top 100 alone is like an incredible, you know. But number one to be like the, the the also the greatest chess player in the world, it is. It's actually very cool because it does make you feel like this is a to at least a certain degree, a game of skill, you know, and a game that can be um, gamed, I guess. Right. That can, you know, that you can, that you can actually do some things that are optimal and, and sort of break away from your peers. And, you know, there's like, you know, that you can actually be, number one you know sometimes like i feel like there's a there's a feeling that that, like a kind of group thing that can take over and everyone can have very similar teams and you know it's like a guaranteed way to finish in the top one hundred thousand or something like that and we're actually going to talk more about end of season targets in a little bit um but that you can kind of do that strategy and then make a few little tweaks and suddenly find yourself number one overall um it's very cool you know it makes you feel like you can actually maybe win this game someday even though you know it's it's very unlikely (laughs) Well, that's the thing, like Magnus
0: is number one of the world at chess, and now he's number one of the world at something else that people crazy. know about. I think about our friend Jeremiah Johnson, who finished like in the top 200 overall in the world one season, and I'm think trying to scratch my head, is Jeremiah good at anything else? Probably
1: not. Isn't he so, one of those, like he does like ultra marathons or something, right? So maybe. Yeah, the, Spart- the Spartan races. Like yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He's, he's a very <laughs> accomplished uh, fellow in his personal life. But in terms of things right. that are going to get him on the front page of uh, the New York Times, I'm not sure
1: yeah not not so much perhaps i 'm not sure that being number one in fantasy will get you in the New York Times either sadly <laughs> uh maybe, maybe maybe someday but uh, we' not i don't think we're quite there yet uh, so Brandon uh game week seventeen is it's nine tenths in the books um today 's today 's theme actually is it 's really all about game week eighteen now typically we try to take a longer lens. Um, but game week 18 is a really tricky game week for a lot of reasons. One is because Liverpool and West Ham are playing. Uh Liverpool is in uh will be in Qatar. Maybe they've already left for Qatar for the, the uh Club World Cup. And um there are also no bona fide captain picks uh this game week. I think it's 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 as up in the air as it's been all season. Would you agree with that? Yeah, completely agree. I think it's gonna be a really
0: tough decision. And I think it's with Liverpool out being like the number one pool of FPL assets and then Leicester and City trying to nullify themselves whether they will at the end of the day is yep. anyone's guess it's like it feels like a ton of heavy hitters are suddenly off the board and it's causing a lot of anxiety
1: it really is and then you couple it with things like uh Man United blanking today and suddenly you know Marcus Rashford as kind of the runaway captain pick doesn't feel quite, you know feel quite as you know confident in that um, so I, you know, I think it's really, it's going to be very interesting. We're going to talk a lot more about that. So this, this podcast is really going to be focused on game of 18 strategies for it, transfers. You might make players that you, you know, there's a big question about like, do I hold on to Mane? Do I hold on to my Liverpool defenders? And we're going to talk about that as well. So, um, but before we do, Grant. uh, Brandon, Brandon, whatever your name is, Um, Game Week 17, score check. How are you doing this Game Week?
0: Um, I will run through my team and my score rather quickly because I think you should take the ticker tape this week. But right now, with Matt Ryan left to play, I'm 57 points, which is six above the current Game Week average. And it's been a discouraging Game Week as far as my transfers are a concern so i had two frees coming into the game i can drop sterling and jimenez who both returned and i did that to bring in deli and marcus rashford hmm. who both blanked yep so um that was a miss of 11 points and then Grealish, who um you know players of this caliber will miss penalties uh, mm-hmm. any any player will miss penalties It was less the Grealish miss miss penalty for me and it was more, I feel like the Grealish Grealish bandwagon will really be in full swing come game week 18. Mm-hmm. And with the goal from Grealish in game week 16 and him getting the penalty in 17, that was my opportunity to really cash in on Grealish yeah. as a differential. And yeah. I missed the boat there. So that's the real disappointment. I don't want to be sour grapes that he put it off the bar. That's just that it is what it is from, from yeah. an FPL perspective. I feel like I really wanted to gobble up those points. Captain Anvardi. uh, okay, that, that's okay. Sure. he returned, Uh, you know? Yeah, it was fine. He returned, he returned. So that's, that's groovy. That's groovy. You know, and
1: neither of us have, I will say neither of us have Madison. So in a way I didn't really mind that that went down as a, um, as an assist and an ungoal, you know? I think that maybe net that actually, I may have come out ahead, even though he didn't get any bonus points in the match. Um. So, yeah. yeah, didn't mind that one too much. Honestly,
0: honestly, you maybe you count yourself lucky that Tim Krul was just adrift on that corner kick and didn't know anything about his positioning, it seemed. Yeah. And it went from what wouldn't have been a goal to an assist for all of our captains.
1: That's so, true. It's kind of hard to to the trajectory of that ball. It's hard to say. Right. It may have gone in, but it's I don't know. I don't know how he gets so unmarked on that near post header anyway. That was that was crazy. Um, I know yeah. how he does. Norwich are terrible at defense. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, all right, fair um,
0: enough. <laughs> I mean, we 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 all got the Lundstrom points, and and all hail Lord Lundstrom! Fantastic to see, to see him back with an eleven pointer. I was feeling a little discouraged going into Sunday, but Kevin De Bruyne, uh, who we both have in our mid, Josh, yep, that really bolstered my score, and it's kept me almost at a gray dot at this point. Yep. So um I'm hoping to get a clean sheet from Matt Ryan against Palace to maybe maybe uh just help bolster my score a little bit. I think
1: so even if you get like three that, that's where if you even at. get like three points from him tomorrow, I think that's enough to be on a gray arrow or maybe even a little green, you know. So I um yeah, I, I think we talked on the podcast a few weeks ago about like the difference between like a a, a you know like a catastrophic game week and a borderline kind of bad game week, and I do feel like that De Bruyne return made it just kind of like a bad one. You know, like like yeah. you know, it's like it's, well, it's still frustrating, but it's like it, you know, and like I know people are like, oh, everyone has to come in De Bruyne, but it really isn't true. I mean, you know, sixty two percent of the game doesn't have this guy. You know, so when he when he when he comes through with you know two goals, assist, and three bonus points, that is a massive return for anybody that has him yeah. in their team. So where I am right
0: now is I feel like I have been – I'm a vehicle that has been stuck in the snow or I've been stuck in the mud for a couple months. Now, you're from Michigan. You're from driving country, Josh. Uh What do you do if if your car is stuck? If you and you're behind the wheel, yeah. what are you you, you, to do you instruct
1: you? You burn the snow, you get out your flamethrower and you burn all the snow around you, <laughs> and then you drive off, <laughs> no, what you with do. Joy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, you're meant to drive a little bit forward, a little bit backward. You're supposed to rock yourself out of mm-hmm. it a little bit forward, a little bit backward, and then suddenly you just ride a little bit of momentum out of the place that you're stuck right. In. And I have just been rocking back and forth the last couple of months. and it's I'm, – I'm starting to get really frustrated that I'm not able to get out of this stuck position. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I'm going to try not to panic.
1: Yeah. I mean the Grealish – the Grealish one I could really – I could – you know, I, I – honestly, I was – when I was watching that match and I, I, I felt bad for you because um, that was a um, – it was a creative move. You made it early and it – you know, it's like that's not – I don't know, like I like that's just bad luck. Like, you, like you said, you know, like sometimes you're going to hit the bar, you know, and that's just but, you know, so I I, I hear you. I mean, I think um, sometimes you hit the bar and sometimes the bar hits I I you. There's just some like it was a, it was a kind of unusual week in some ways. I mean, you know, is the it, it, in ways that really helped me, I will say. And uh, I guess I'll use this opportunity to transition to my team a little bit because, You know, so I think I'm on 87 points all out um, and uh, it was a huge, huge game week for me. Um, I'm up to 157 K as of this recording. So that's a, it's almost 400,000 rank boost in the last two game weeks. So feeling very good about, I guess, no, excuse me. That's like 350,000, but you know, feeling very good about that. And uh, you know, but for me it was the best game. Okay. Like it's not just about the score sometimes it's. It's the players who—it's just like you're talking about, right? It's like the players who get the points for you are what what can be so crucial. And so, um, you know, Mo Salah coming through with um, with sixteen points, um, Van Dyke with seven, even Nick—you know—Pope, who everyone's been sort of ragging on, coming through with a you know like a ho hum six point clean sheet. You know that was that was awesome as well. And uh, Jimenez uh, came through with five, and just sort of everything. Clicked, you know, and obviously, and I I brought in De Bruyne too, which you know, I I did that two game weeks ago, mostly because I was just watching these matches and I felt like I I just felt like he was he was such a danger that it was I was really going to cost myself if I didn't have my team like something like this was was bound to happen, Uh, and so when he gets one point last game week, I was like, like like like. Was it a mistake to invest in Man City? And then, you know, two minutes into the Arsenal match, you're like, nope, this guy is like, you just have to have him. You know, he's just, he's like, I mean, he's the best player in the league this year, I think so. But then just as importantly, if not even more importantly, was Rashford Blanks and Tammy Blanks, Sun Blanks and Madison Blank. The four most highly owned players that I don't have in my team blanked as well and without something like that it's very hard for a big so that that's really the you know that so that was that was what really made it a you know really dynamic game week and i, I don't mean to sound like i'm you know i don't, I don't want to go on about this or whatever but it was it was very you know it worked out ex- incredibly well and so i think the the trick here is to because I actually had a pretty good game week, you know, two game weeks, I guess it was three game weeks ago, uh, before I kind of came crashing down the following game week. And so I feel like I kind of got away with something a little bit. And I you know, I have two free transfers. I did burn a transfer this week. And so part of my plan right now is to start bringing in those players that I didn't have. You know, I sort of, I lucked out, I threaded the needle this game week, and now I want to start getting those players in so that I don't, so that, I, so that I'm a little more covered, you know, um, and... That's actually, you know, that's, that's what I want to talk about in a, in a couple minutes because I think that there's – it's really interesting right now. Um, you know, if you don't have Rashford, if you don't have Sun, um, even Grealish, you know, like who's the most important player to have for Game Week 18? I think it's a really interesting and tricky question. So, um, so yeah, let's let's get into that uh, in just a second. Brandon, I have a rant of the week here from uh, Simon Cullen, and he says – because of price rises and falls and frustration at KDB and Sterling over the past few game weeks, I took a minus eight to bring in Sun and Delhi. Uh, I'm going to drop from the top twenty k to outside the top one hundred thousand, possibly one hundred fifty thousand in one week. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, it's I was it was it frustration. I mean, I think that dropping Sterling seemed. Reasonable. I I don't know. I mean, I you know when you told me uh, you and I had uh, lunch on Friday and I, I don't know. I mean, those moves both both made sense to me. So yeah. I you know I, I think it's a mistake sometimes to see the results and think, wow, I'm like a genius. You know, I got it right this game week. And sometimes yeah. sometimes you just get lucky, yeah. you know, and uh, or unlucky as you know as it were. I had said it a few weeks ago. My concern over Manchester
0: City was they weren't scoring that quintessential Manchester City goal, which was a low pass through the six-yard box from wide for a Mm tap-in. And they scored that goal through KDB to Sterling uh, against Arsenal today. But my concern is still, it was just the one, and KDB appeared to be the only truly truly dynamic player for City. So I think the lesson that I take away from that City-Arsenal match is still KDB is is the best FPL asset to own. And if you had recently dropped Sterling, such as myself, I wouldn't be kicking myself about it. I think that what we saw against Arsenal uh, sort of affirms what we felt to be true about Sterling. And Sterling didn't really achieve anything else beyond that tap-in that KDB served to him. Right.
1: Missed a big chance late. I'm actually a little surprised he finished on two bonus points because he, I feel yeah. like he missed that big chance and he had a couple of uh, fouls too. But... Um, I guess there just weren't a lot of other people. Kevin DeBernick kind of gobbled up all the attacking returns. So yeah, opened the window for him to get some bonus points.
0: And just for, for Simon with, you know, really crushing it this season, being able to drop from 20 K, that's a position of privilege to drop from. And I was around that position this time last season. And I took a couple of drops going into Christmas and, that is the beauty of the uh, period we're entering. Is is all these game weeks that are going to pile up. You could be back right up at twenty k before you know it with a few um, well constructed transfers. So, like,
1: don't yep. panic and sink in that quicksand, Simon. I think you're. I think you're okay. Yeah, for sure. I mean, twenty. You know, at this point, I mean, it's still, it's still so tight. I mean, the difference between one hundred and fifty and three hundred thousand is you know ten, twelve points, something like that. It's it's not much. So um yeah i wouldn't worry too much about right now of course it's frustrating but i wouldn't worry too much about it all right Brandon, that leads us right into our game week 18 discussion but first quick thank you to the new always cheating patrons
0: yes much love to our patreon supporters new this week at the lord sorloth tier thanks to jolie jason seaman Stephen knight kenneth mcgill terence o'donnell and at the pookie level journeyman joe Welcome, Joe. Big thanks to all of you. If you want to learn more about what it is to support the Always Cheating Podcast, to support what Josh and I do here every week, just visit patreon.com alwayscheating always cheating. It's a way for you to say thank you, support the pod um, through a little bit of financial means, and you get tons of cool stuff in return. You get access to our Slack uh, private chat forum where you can chat with me and Josh and uh, uh, lots of other great managers and good people. And you get access to a bonus podcast every week. Tons of good stuff. So yeah, go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating for more. All right, we're back. And as Josh mentioned at the top of the podcast, today's main topic is Game Week 18. No, it's not the long view. It's the short view. And of course, what makes Game Week 18 very interesting is our lack of Liverpool options. And it's tricky. Like I'm looking at Josh, I'm looking at your team and you've got three Liverpool assets. And I uh, I tried to run this obstacle course the last month or so with virtually no Liverpool assets. I only had Trent and I can't say I came out unscathed, but now here we are. It's that window of time where Liverpool is meant to not be a factor at all, even if they tried. So Liverpool and West Ham blank in game week 18. And then Liverpool, three days later, after they get back from the Club World Cup in Qatar, they are away uh, at the King Power to play Leicester, which, you know, I'm kind of of the mind that there is truly no bad fixture home away against any team for Liverpool, However, if they were going to come up against anyone, Lester is the one that definitely um, makes you think about could I get even more creative with my transfer planning yeah. um, through game week eighteen and nineteen. So we've got a number of questions from you listeners, and we're just going to dig deep into our thoughts about what to do with current Liverpool assets and and maybe when to who to dump, when to dump, when to bring back, and so on and so forth. So let, let's just start with your bus team, Josh, and your transfer thinking. Yeah, you've got Van Dyke, you've got Trent, and you have Mo Salah, who is uh, suddenly back back to fireball form. <laughs> what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, so it's it's really interesting, and uh, yeah, and I actually have, I have a question. I put a question of my own in the running order Brandon. so maybe I'll just I'll bump that up to the top here. Selfish? Yeah. I so I have three Liverpool players, and I have a I have Ryan Fredericks who hilariously is he's not just out for game week 18 he's also up for game week 19 because he picked up a yellow card and is suspended for game week 19 so uh so that's fun um it's like a well do they have not have a cup match midweek or is West Ham already out of the cup the site says he's he's suspended until December 28th so that would be after the I'll take the site's word yeah I'm like I'm (laughs) kind of confused again about how how uh uh, about how suspensions work this season. I feel like it's been explained to me, but it's like, I, I feel like I, it was explained to me in different ways and somebody was wrong and now I can never get it <laughs> right in my head, you know? I'm sorry, we're <laughs> dumb, okay? I'm sorry, dear listener, but we're yeah. dumb. So the question for me, okay, so I've got two Liverpool defenders and I have Mo Salah and Friedrich's on, you know, whatever, that's its own thing. Friedrich's is in some ways is irrelevant because his price is so cheap that there's really like no... He doesn't help me, you know, like I can't like burn him down to enable yeah. another move or anything like that. So the question for me is clearly one of my Liverpool defenders is going to go and there's no reason not to move either one. Um, I bought Trent kind of late in the game, so there's no value really for him. Van Dijk is down from a starting value. Um, Mo Salah is the is the interesting one. And I have decided already that I'm just going to keep Mo Salah, uh, you know, it actually helps in some ways that they play Lester away in game week 19 because it means he's almost certainly going to play in that match. You know, if if their game week 19 fixture was – I wouldn't necessarily make it easier, but I could at least see him rotating if they were like, you know, home to Norwich in game week 19 or something like that. Um, you know, but because they're away to Lester, you have to think he's going to play in that, in that match. Um, and just in his form, I feel like it's kind of a six-pointer. Even though, even though Liverpool are
0: kind of running away with it at this point, it's kind of just, a six-pointer. So I
1: agree yeah, with you. it's about as big a match as you are going to get, given how far they are ahead right now. You know, especially being on the road. Um, and I think just a good rule of thumb is if the player you are transferring out is a player you are going to immediately want to bring back into your team, just don't transfer them out. You know, and I feel like where Salah is right now, and that I like. I mean, that first goal. I would. I would like to think that. I mean I don't know it's like you can never separate fantasy from what you watch anymore but that first goal was beautiful I mean oh, just such a great goal um in the uh, uh in the Watford match and it was like classic Mo Salah. you know it was like he had the pace back shot it on his on his right foot which is kind of impressive too you know yeah, his, his weak, his weak, weak foot. foot um just Outmuscle the defender it was just oh, it was a beautiful goal um and then the second goal was kind of a cheeky Cra- crazy how he embarrassed the Watford defense defensive all <laughs> be defenses. that as it may it was uh, the whole play right from the like kind of side-footed Firmino ball forward you know to Mane's pass i mean they've scored some incredible counter goals this year um and then and the, the kind of cheeky you know through the legs finish for the second goal too and you're like this guy is just in great form so um, so I think mo- most days, because I would just want to bring it back in anyway. Um, and then the question for me is whether I drop one Liverpool defender or two. And and, and the question then becomes, who do I want to bring in? Um, and I have this, the question that I had here was, Grealish, Sun, and Rashford, uh, who is most important? So it would be fairly easy for me. I've got two free transfers. I could drop my Liverpool defenders and and drop Telemans. So I'd burn four, and then I'd bring I'd be able to bring Sun into my squad. If I did it right and I brought in two super cheap defenders, I could actually make those moves, bring in Sun for a minus four, and then have enough money to move Jimenez to Rashford in game week 19, uh, which, which I think okay. is a really a possibly interesting move. Although... I wonder if I might just roll with Jimenez kind of indefinitely because I thought he looked so good today. I I mean, I know he's not, like, picking up a ton of goals right now, but he's so active. I mean, you know, it feels like just bad luck that he hasn't scored more goals in the last couple of matches. Um, You know, and I've got three assists from him in the last – Wolves on the whole, that entire team
0: performance for Wolves, I was really impressed by. They – didn't look hindered at all by the mid-season nope. fatigue and their Europa League commitments. They were all over the ball. And I agree. And and a, a, always a good sign for Jimenez is Diego Jota coming into form. And Jota looks really exceptional yeah. out
1: there, too. And tr- Can so, you? Believe, I don't know I'm if you're watching you. the match, but could you believe that Traore scored that goal? <laughs> I was stunned. Like, I yeah. could not <laughs> believe
0: he scored it. A- Troyari, Yeah. You could certainly argue that Traorio was the best player on the pitch for Wolverhampton. And it's like he's on a f- totally – to state the obvious, he's on another yeah. level this season. And I don't know if it was like basketball style, just hit, go out into the gym, just uh, shoot shoot uh, three-point shots yeah. all summer. But he clearly worked on his shooting. I mean, look at that brace that he scored against Man City. And he's he's working on it. And something's working. And I mean – that he is the coolest looking guy in the premier league right he is,
1: now
0: he's so he, rich. he's like hulking <laughs> out of his uniform he looks so he,
1: dope he looks he so really dope. does i mean he's so unique and i mean it's it's i'm glad that he's added a little bit of attacking output to his form because without it it's like you're like well is it all is it all for show you know like is this is is there anything in this you know but but because he's been able to add
0: Right. Is he just out there carrying water yeah. or can he do anything? And it turns out actually he can. not Yeah. It. And we're talking he about a 5
1: million midfielder with three goals and three assists on the season. Um, and so I don't know. So that's like, OK, here's like another thing I could do. All right. I don't want to get too into my own team talk here because I could just I could spend an hour on that. And that would be boring for everybody. But I could I could move Trent to Target. I could move Telemans to Traore and I could move Musse to Rashford. That would be interesting, right? That would be that'd be kind of fun. Okay. Leave me a little, a couple million left over. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, you brought in Rashford this game week. Um, I mean, I asked the original question about Grealish, mm-hmm. Son, and Rashford. What did you think about Rashford? Did you watch the entire Man United match, or were you double screening it? What was your What was your take on the Man United match?
0: I was double screening it, and I am so sort of disinterested in what's going on at Everton right now that. And I had both Deli Ali and Son in that Spurs match, and it was that was That's a more dynamic game. game. Yeah. So I didn't catch too much of um, the United performance. I understand Rashford was really uninvolved, but you know there are many other stats that you could throw at the listener. Like it was Rashford's first FPL blank since game week three yeah. at Old Trafford. It was only his sixth blank out of seventeen. Overall uh, FPL game weeks, so you know i I don't want it to just be a huge cloud of concern that suddenly hangs over Rashford like, uh- oh, was this an ill ill formed bandwagon? No. I don't think it is and um i was I was talking with our friend James earlier today about about this blank, and it kind of speaks to how Marcus Rashford has been able to fly under the FPL radar for so long this season is that he he's do, he's going to do this he's going to have these blanks but despite that he's remaining consistent and it certainly is true there's a lot of truth to this idea that Manchester United are really raising their performance and the, or how they set up and and their speed and their counterattacking plays to top six sides. And when they come up to the lower table sides, they find it harder to patiently break them down. And maybe that is yeah. a concern for Rashford. Rashford, But even still, United have done that yeah. this
1: season. And I don't think it's a just a straight litmus test. Yeah, I think Tencent's teams have to gel a little bit more, too. I mean, this used to be a complaint that, like when Jurgen Klopp first got to Liverpool, I remember this complaint would be leveled against them, too. You know, they couldn't break down the the simple, you know, it's like you almost have to like play with the kind of a consistent squad for a couple of years, you know, and kind of learn how to, you know, like to develop that kind of feel, you know, that you like, I mean, I was talking about that counter-attacking score, the goal that Liverpool scored today. I mean, it was, it was those three guys, you know, and I, I know they don't have anybody, you know, they don't have a Firmino-Mane-Sala combination, but it's that kind of like rapid, you could see it it being a thing that could happen in a year or so with Man United, right, with like you know daniel james rashford Martial. you know all maybe, maybe Creamwood. i don't know like how good is that guy I, I don't i don't know is he really good or i don't it's like he's he's interesting now i don't know who knows no. we've seen like 80 minutes 80 total minutes of him this season so just just more to the i think what
0: i do take away from rashford's performance against everton and then what we were saying about humanez and wolves is the problem is not that Rashford is, is suddenly a concerning asset. The problem is now it's even more a dead heat than ever between Rashford and Jimenez. So I think so many people were, like yourself included, I'm thinking, Josh, were kind of rolling up to game week 18 thinking, well, right. Jimenez right. becomes Rashford. Yep. Poof. Done. No problem. But now suddenly you have to make this. Uh, yeah. It's a and decision. I mean, I
1: certainly wouldn't do it in game week 18 um, because I, I'm actually seriously considering captaining Jimenez um, away to Norwich. Uh, I just see that as a match where, where Jimenez could really shine. And, um, you know, so I think I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tempted by, tempted by that. Um, but yeah, going into game week 19, um, you know, I was definitely thinking about I mean, they play, it's, it's not a great run for Wolves after, after this game week 18 match. And so, I mean, they played Man City and Liverpool back to back matches. Now they're, they're a team that can actually do something against those top sides. And obviously they, they beat, was it, was it a two nil scoreline? Was that what it was when Wolves played at, at Man City? I think it was. Um, but, uh, you know, so I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like you said, I mean, is at this point, like, you know, Rashford, so let's see man united play newcastle at home in game week 19 wolves play man city at home in game week 19 given where man city are defensively right now i mean it wouldn't like stun you if if him and outscored rashford in that match would it i mean i, I would not be you know, stunned by that so no so yeah i mean i guess it kind of it's just very tricky you know i mean I and mean, you know when you think about game week 18 i mean just to bring it back to that for a second um, you know, Chris, uh, Chris says, you know, game week 18 is full of tough, fixed or difficulty ranking matches. Uh, for most players, there's no Liverpool. Are we going to see low scores? So just when we think, uh, you know, obviously we're building the podcast around game week 18, but <laughs> I will add, is, is it possible that we're overthinking things a little bit, you know, that we can, you can plan and you can stress over it, but it, it may be that we just see a lot of scores in the forties and fifties. And it's just kind of like, a whatever game week, you know, and you didn't really need to like spend too much energy on it. Cause no one's going to like,
0: yeah, go off. I, I, I come, I come at it from the angle of, yeah, I think we are thinking about it too much. And that Joe guy asked this, asked us this question, would you consider a free hit this week? And I would say no for that very reason. And that I just yeah. don't see so many points in this match. Like, okay, maybe you want to hang on to your Liverpool assets, free hit, them out and have them immediately back in game week 19 while that's an interesting strategy it's like who are you bringing in uh, the free hit tends to work um if you're playing it during a blank game week when there is an obvious fixture fixture yeah. that favors uh fpl some fpl assets that you don't have and you want to bring them in and i think it's it's just going to be more and than ever a guessing game if you free hit into this game week so yeah i i I mean, you can. I, I tend to think it's going to be on the lower scoring, uh, uninteresting side of things, but, you know, then that always ends up being the week in which. Somebody does something crazy, I don't know. But I, I think all signs point to being a, it being kind of a low-key game week.
1: I think so, too. And uh, the question is, speaking, I guess, you know, one of the ways that can be real explosive game week is you have massive captain returns. And uh, FPL Lama says, uh, who are the best captain options for game week 18? So, you know, we talk a lot about the bus team on this podcast, Brandon. Right now, who is your bus team captain for game week 18?
0: Yeah, boring, boring me. I've got my captain on Marcus Rashford, who's away Watford. Uh, mm. You know, I'm I I do feel everyone out there. Is that there boring?
1: That, I mean, I think that's, you know, I don't I don't know. That's, that may not be the consensus pick. Yeah, I'm
0: curious to see what it is, because I guess I genuinely don't know. My vice captain right now is Son, who is home hosting Chelsea. And that was actually like a very peculiar and noteworthy fixture in game week 17, Chelsea hosting Bournemouth and Mm -hmm. what happened there. Why couldn't Chelsea put this Bournemouth team to the sword given all the injuries that they had and how could they not uh, even stand to keep a clean sheet? So Chelsea have always, they, they've had that in them this season where, you know, they've, Lampard's got got them playing with confidence and they have a level of attacking flair, but are they as organized as, you know, them advancing in the Champions League would lead us to believe? They could be got at. And Jose is going to want to murder this Chelsea club. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I I think Spurs, there is something in the Spurs' captaincy shout. I think that's going to be a pretty hard-fought game. And as I was saying, Chelsea's defense isn't all that great, and I think they could be got at. So Sun and Kane are definitely interesting
1: differential shots. When I think about the player who I don't have in my team who scares me the most in Game Week 18, uh, it's definitely Sun. I mean, I felt that way the entire Wolves match um, I mean, I, I don't know if that's like an effective way to build a fantasy strategy, like just bring in the player who scares you the most, but I mean, I feel like I've heard worse strategies articulated, you know? Um, I mean, right. I just like, so, yeah, they play, uh, they play Chelsea at home. Chelsea is a team that is, um, they're certainly conceding goals, whether you think that they're in free fall or they're just kind of going through some youthful, um, you know, you know whatever having a youthful growing pain yeah exactly but then they you know after that they they you know they play uh that spurs that is they play brighton at home they play norwich away they play southampton away it's quite a good run especially if you consider that chelsea fixture to be a a a good fixture you know if you think of that as a it's a it's you know tough but but where you'd expect them to score some goals um you know we'll never talk about the tottenham defense on here right because neither of us are uh yeah. Are you a believer in this? Yeah, get out of here. No. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you've got Rashford, who is I think I think a reasonable pick. He's certainly very involved. Um, you'd expect him to be uh um I mean he's just he's just involved. Like if if, if Man are scoring goals, he tends to be a factor in those goals, right? I mean, he's got 10 goals, but he also has five assists on the season, right? He I mean, he's one assist for every two goals. So he's, you know, super involved in the attacking play. I think he's a very reasonable captain shot as well. I would also um, say d- to, to yeah.
0: Watford and Liverpool beating Watford two nil this weekend. I mean, it was, it was a masterclass by Salah in some ways, but I think Liverpool actually didn't play all that well against Watford. What helped Liverpool was it was an absolute clown show with Watford. They were a joke, a total joke of a team. And if that's what's happening here, then, you know, it, it should bolster your confidence putting the armband on Rashford.
1: I think um I do think that there's Jimenez is a good shot as well. I mean, I think of you know I could think of when when Abraham scored a hat trick away um away to to Wolves earlier this or excuse me, away to Norwich earlier this season, um Wesley had his best game uh away to Wolves uh, a few game weeks ago. Um a lot of strikers have had very good moments. Um you know, when they play uh when they play Norwich at Carrow Road. So, um you know, I, I just think that especially because they they open up a little bit more at home. And so I think it really does. And you could just imagine Traore linking up with Jimenez and you know, Traore would actually be a great like if you're looking for um, Mike DiPietro, um, our producer patron, had a question about um, best punt options for those who are this best punt options for those this week who are wildcarding in game week 19. Right. So if you have a transfer to and. You're going to wildcard out into a brand new team anyway in game week 19. Who's just like a fun punt to have. And I think that Troyori would be a great pick to have for, for game week 18. Um, I don't know if I go so quite, you know, quite so far as to say like I would actually captain him, uh, but he'd yeah. be a fun player to have in my squad for sure.
0: So I think S- similarly that, with yeah. wolves, a punt I wouldn't consider punting like you dumping an expensive defender, Matt Daugherty on wolves. I think is yeah, a great one week, punt for this game. Totally. Week 18, a wonderful S- attacking defender yeah. who could very well get a clean sheet as well with i mean there's a toe injury with timu puki i don't know how serious it is but interesting if I norwich that. are without puki then
1: i don't i don't want to uh, uh you don't want to live in that world yeah no, i know i hear it <laughs> so uh i mean man city i we have to talk about them a little bit i mean kevin de bruyne his, his first comment out of that match was that he regretted not scoring a hat trick in it i mean that sounds that, that's the kind of thing you want to hear from a, i mean it's actually kind of annoying thing to hear, but it's also something you want to hear from a player who's your uh who, who's in your fantasy team right because i mean this guy like he's 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 up for it he's going for it you know and uh and i believe uh, you know, that I, was
0: also his first premier league brace so that a guy right? who scored wow. his first ever brace in the premier league and suddenly he's regretful and mournful they didn't score three
1: yeah, so that's so I think that he, you know, would be a very reasonable, again, like high floor. Like, if you think it's going to be a low scoring game week and you just want to get something out of the player that you captain, I think it's reasonable to expect him to get something out of this match, an assist you know, uh, possibly another goal, uh, you know, I don't know. So I think that he, he's a reasonable pick there as well. I don't know that he's quite as, he's, he's not as fun for some reason, maybe just because Lester's defense is pretty solid and you don't, you kind of don't know where you're going to get week to week right now with, with Man City. Um, one last shout though, Brandon. Um, I mean, I think we have to mention him. It's, uh, Jamie Vardy, uh, away to Man City. Uh, I don't know that he's scoring several goals in this match, but, uh, I certainly wouldn't put a pass him to score a goal in this match. Yeah. What an incredible week for City and Leicester to play each other. Liverpool
0: are running away with the title, and their only chasers are City and Leicester, and Leicester just have a slight edge, and now they have to come up against City. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like they're going to beat each other to a pulp while Liverpool are off having a sunny vacation in Qatar. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, It's just like it couldn't be working out any better for them. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm with you. Vardy is i i don't have the courage to do it um i do think that that lester midfield is going to be busier than they normally are Vardy, it could be a game where Vardy is a little more starved for service than he is typically so yeah you
1: know, but it, just yeah. like catch on that, the break I i'm I a little concerned about that yeah i mean just could be Vardy running at uh um, what's his, Fernandinho, you know, playing center back? I mean, I don't know. You could definitely yeah. see him pulling out pulling some of the bag of tricks. So I guess what we're saying is there's like there's like eight picks, you know, and I, I love that. And I, I hope that, you know, I, I, I mean there really I do not think there'll be a consensus. I I wonder, you know, by the end of the week, um, I, I think that Sun will end up being the most captained player out of anybody in Game Week Eight team. Um, I just think that there will the consensus will develop that Chelsea's defense isn't quite up for it at the moment, that Spurs are in good form and and if they're in good form, he's the kind of the safest pick in that squad. So I I think that he will be the the most captain player. Um, but I think we just named seven or eight other options too. So it's it's pretty exciting. And I, you know, I think I think in a week like this, it is kind of fun to maybe really this maybe this and maybe Jack Grealish. We didn't talk about him either. I think that he's you know a pretty reasonable pick as well um, at home to Southampton. Okay,
0: I can't really go there right now. Um, I'm sorry, <laughs> nope. but I can't. No, totally. Um, he looked. Good. I mean, yeah, he's is, looked good the last couple this, of game weeks.
1: He
0: looks fine. This Villa team is somewhat vexing in that you watch them and you think, oh, this team looks like they've been in the league for a few seasons now. But then you look at their table placement, you look at their actual results, and you have to be a little concerned that is, about them. And that is so
1: true. I players couldn't like, agree with you more on that.
0: Players like John McGinn and their other midfielders who are kind of fading away, which is nice that it's allowed, allowing Grealish to come to the fore, but I,
1: their attack... Uh, it, it's kind of like a Model T at, at some points. Yeah, I totally agree with you. By the way, because the, there's something so maybe it's because their midfield is so good and they 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 never get embarrassed. It seems like you know, but they just keep. it Seems like they just continue to be in. that's a good they, point. they continue to be on the losing end of these like two ones and two nils, and you know, it's like they just yeah yeah. So I I I, I kind of with you. And so when I think about you know to go back to my original question about Grealish, Son, and Rashford. Grealish has to be third because I just don't. That team doesn't scare me as much. Um, And I think, you know, Sun Sun seems the most important. Rashford, second. uh, Grealish, third. Um, So we talked a little bit about some punt options. Um, Just one last question here before we get into some key players. Uh, Simple goal says, uh, How many players with matches do you want in your squad this week? Uh, With rotation of foot, is 11 enough? (sighs) Well, I think. if we're talking
0: just about game week 18 yeah you are absolutely not in a position where you want to be taking minus four hits just to field a full 11 because you have so many liverpool players yeah as we were saying like this this could be a low scoring uh affair in game week 18 so then you find you're adding minus fours into the mix you're going to put yourself at an even greater disadvantage probably bringing in players that you want to going to immediately get rid of so I think 11 or 10, so long as you keep it free,
1: mm-hmm.
0: just keep it free for yourself. I think however many you can start, you're good. You're fine.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is uh, something I've, I was thinking about too, because, you know, it's like I have 11 player. Or I guess I have 10 players right now, but that also includes Soyonchu away to Man City, Tielemans away to Man City, Cantwell starting. Like, there's a lot of risk there, you know? And so. I mean, it may depend on who your 11 is, you know, but, uh, yeah, so. Um, but, yeah, I think we talked about this last week, too. Like, you, you can go crazy and you can, like, burn a bunch of points and it just doesn't really, you know, especially burning points in defenders. It just, especially, you know, with, with just no one keeping clean sheets right now, it just yeah. that does not seem like the smart move.
0: If you're going to start moving players around and maybe considering a hit, make sure it's for FPL assets like Sun, who we were talking about, who has a really high ceiling and a decent matchup. Otherwise, like gambling on an Aston Villa attacker, an Aston Villa defender, just for one game week, yeah. it's that's that's a harder road to travel. Yep.
1: Yeah, it, it, well, I, mean, I, I guess Aston I Villa have two good game weeks in a row. I guess that's the one thing that makes them slightly more appealing. I guess Matt Target is a player who every time I sort of build a little set of players that I might want, you know, and I start to like kind of tinker with some transfers. Matt Target is always the one who's, who's in that team just because he's a— consistently pretty attacking and they they have been okay at home to you know to be fair to aston villa you know they've I don't, do i need to be sure. fair to aston yeah. villa i don't know but like they they have been they have been good at home at times this season so uh i don't know that's i guess that's like a one one shit in their favor
0: <laughs> that's fair big big <laughs> shout out to our producer chris carter who's a big villa fan all right so let's talk let's move from the um captain and and broader theoretical discussion into some key players for game week 18 Fahad has a quick question. Keep or sell Trent Alexander-Arnold? So you're saying, Josh, you're going to get rid of at least one of your Liverpool defenders. You have Trent and Virgil van Dijk. What's What are the measures that you're judging both of these players on when you look to move yeah, on? Yeah,
1: well, I mean, you know, uh, Trent costs a million more. Um, so I can do more if he's the player that I drop. Uh, the problem then is you really... I mean, I know Van Dyke scored three goals in the season so far, but he—I certainly think of Trent as the as the larger attacking threat. Um, And so, my preference would be to keep him. Um, But I mean, I haven't watched that Liverpool match. I don't know how I I don't know how they escaped with a clean sheet because it it required Sar uh, on Watford to fluff every single chance that he had in that match. I mean, it was and Decore. And to Corey, and it was it was incredible luck that they didn't concede. And I think throughout the season, really, with the exception of last week's Bournemouth match, and that was like the perfect time to play Bournemouth, um, they have just their defense has not looked super solid, and so. I, I really think you could consider just going without either of their defenders for the time being. Um, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like, you look ahead to their matches. You know, I I talked before about Salah and not wanting to drop a player who I just want to bring right back in, but it's a little They play, you know, they blank in game week 18. They play away to Leicester in game week 19. And I think it's reasonable to expect Leicester to score in that match. Uh, they play home to Wolves in game week 20. Uh, Wolves are rarely kept uh, from scoring a goal, right? They're just... Uh, um, such a competent attacking team, you know. And um, uh, Sheffield United, I mean, you, it's you could, ex- it's possible that they get something out of that match. Um, that Sheffield United, you know, get a goal or something like that. Um, Spurs away in game week twenty two, uh, you would expect Spurs to score in that one. So, I mean, you sort of project ahead, and you know, game week twenty three, it's uh, they play Man United um, at home, and you can know, certainly score in that one. So, you look ahead, and you're like, well, I don't. I think I could survive without two with you know without any Liverpool defenders. Um, you know, there I think the risk there is that virtually every team in fantasy has one of their defenders. So you're suddenly watching these matches without any coverage at all, you know. And mm-hmm. if um if they just so much as keep a clean sheet, it's gonna hurt you in terms of your overall rank. Um, and that is a really tricky place to be, you know, where it basically I don't know. So, I mean, like, you know, you sort of flip things around a little bit, and you could say, well, I could see them keeping a clean sheet at home to the Wolves and Sheffield, right, in game week 2021, uh, and suddenly you're feeling really left out without any coverage, you know? So, I mean, would you consider dropping Trent? No, I wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. Liverpool, it, for me, it's very cut and
0: dry. Liverpool are by far and away the best team in the league. I think season upon season, FPL history shows you just hang your hat on the best team in the league, you'll do all right. Mm-hmm and what you're talking you're you're talking just about clean sheets the appeal of trent this season has never been about clean sheets it's been his attacking appeal so i i just think for me it's an easy hold with trent uh if you're trying to decide between trent and rabo i'm biased because i have trent and you know rabo has exhibited some pretty great form recently but i still think trent is going to come out ahead by the end of the season He's just too integral to that Liverpool attack. He's too good of a player, and Liverpool are too good of a team. And
1: yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that I I disagree with you there. Um, he's not a player I really want to drop, and i I suspect I won't in the end because I just. A player I like that much, dropping him. I'm just. I I know that I'm going to start the second he's out of my team. I'm going to start trying to make a plan and figuring out how to bring it back into the squad. You know, so, um, so I I think I'm going to try to find a way to make him stay. And maybe if that means I bring in, maybe I just don't bring in Rashford or I don't bring in Son. You know, just just that I can keep keep trying. It's it's really tricky. I mean, it feels like we're um, we're not being very definitive in this week's podcast. But I think it's um it's yeah, the Liverpool thing is, I think, a real puzzle. And uh, I, I don't I don't know that I have any real strong answers right now. I feel like I'm, maybe I'll wait until they play their – I think their first World Cup, Cup match is like Wednesday or Thursday. So maybe I'll wait until they play that one, you know, see if anybody gets rotated. I'll use that as a, as a, you know, a way to make my decision. Listen, I'll tell you the reason why I am where I am right now in the FPL season
0: is that I have been dodging Liverpool for a couple of months now. And it's – It's, it's hurting me. And so I think the idea that game game week 18 is a moment where you can sidestep Liverpool and come back to them, you know, many weeks later. I, I, I think do that at your own peril. Liverpool will be back against Leicester, and as you say, it's an important game for them. Yeah, it's just going to be all systems go with Liverpool once again. Yeah,
1: I, I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you there. Uh, yeah, maybe I just keep all three. You know, <laughs> I just I just flip Fredericks. You know, and everyone else everyone else stays. Uh, Van Dykes to watch out, Van Dykes to watch out for says there are teams I trust and teams I don't. You know, the latter, are we sure about investing in Rashford at that price? So I actually think roster price is fine. I mean, a nine nine million for a player with double digit goals and five assists in the season. Uh, the question about whether we're sure about that team, though, I think is is interesting. I mean, um, you know, Martial as another player who is pretty tempting. Uh, you know, given his advanced position, given that he's under eight million, um, is Martial at all in your? I, I actually I don't really know where you are. What are your plans for game of eighteen? Is there anyone you're like really targeting or that you want to you want to bring in? Now, right
0: now, my plan is to hold my transfer. So I spent my two frees going into this game week 17. And as I've sort of been alluding to, I am preparing to move on Liverpool once we're done with this blank. So the plan is to hold my transfer for game week 18, play what I've got, just sort of roll with mm-hmm. it. And then come game week 19, I start to figure out exactly what my plan is for Liverpool assets.
1: Sal or Mane? Who's
0: your Who are you thinking right now? I, I mean, it, it's hard not to be compelled by Salah's recent form. It's hard to ignore the fact that Mane has been the best player in the league for the entirety of the season. Mm-hmm. So I, I like the idea that we get a couple of looks at Liverpool in Qatar, just to monitor minutes and form that continues with both of those mm-hmm. guys. And I'll base my decision, I think, based on what we hear from Qatar, on top of what I was just mentioning.
1: Yeah. So I think that's reasonable. I don't know. I mean, yeah.
0: Salah has that other that is the the penalty uh, arrow in his quiver, which you know, and he's and he's point one if point one matters to you, he's a little cheaper he's, than money. Well,
1: point uh, one matters, but I think the uh, the twenty percent ownership difference is a big factor too. I mean, you could sort of you could flip sure. it either way, but I think if you're if you're having a frustrating you know season and you're not happy with your rank right now then i think solid does seem like a more appealing option um, just because his ownership is so low yeah, it's true and and in a position where you're looking to just climb up the ranks
0: uh, in short order that that's definitely what you're looking
1: for it's crazy for. because we've talked like after all this talk of this being the Mane season and in some ways it still is and you know you got really unlucky with that var um, uh, you know, I don't know. A hip bone was offside or something like that. It was like it's just increasingly. <laughs> let's not talk about yeah, let's it. Let's not like, talk who about cares? it. But you know, yeah, in the end, um, where we are right now, the difference between Salah and Mane is three assists for Sadio Mane, um, and uh, it was kind of kind of interesting actually because um, he's assisted away from the most he's ever had in a Premier League season. Um, so you know, it's it's Salah has now equaled him on goals. He's only three assists behind. Um, they seem like they're pretty interchangeable. So. Um, I, I don't know. I you know, I, I think I've talked a little bit about Sal already, but it just seems like his his form is just incredible. And I I you know, again, I hope I hope one one of them, you know, if, if both of them would get, get rested for the World Club. You always wonder like how much the stuff I, I guess like this stuff is as important as you make it out to be. But I mean if Klopp was just like, I don't care about the World Club Cup, and I know that none of our fans do either, and then they just sort of they bring their their first team squad, but they kind of they all play forty five minutes. They don't take it too seriously. I mean, wouldn't that be the right way to do it? I mean, no one really cares about this thing, right? Like you're not going to brag about it at the end <laughs> of the season, or you know. I don't. Are there yeah. people out there listening to this podcast who care about the results of the World Club Cup? I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just too fantasy focused, but I just, I, I, what does it prove? I don't know. It just feels kind of silly to me. I can't remember where I was seeing this,
0: but there were people there. There was somewhere online that I saw right around the. Um, Liverpool's recent must-win Champions League or must-win, must-draw Champions League match where they were hoping that Liverpool would lose, get dumped into the Europa League, to have the opportunity to win in a in a year, uh, in the span of 365 days, win the Champions League, win the Europa League, win the Premier League title, win the Club World Cup. It was just like a, a whole it's trophy greedy. cabinet worth of exception. <laughs> <laughs> very greedy, very greedy. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the the league title has got to be the only thing that matters at all to Liverpool, that Liverpool club at this point.
1: That's what worries me is like going, you know, halfway across the world to play in this cup that no one takes too seriously and then to play two matches in a short span. It just, I don't know, it doesn't feel uh, worth, worth, you know, worth risking um, 180 minutes for these guys. Uh, all right, Brian, a couple more questions. Um, let's do these lightning round style. Uh, Shiva says, uh, is it safe to sell Mane for two game weeks with no other pressing issues?
0: I mean, despite what I was just saying, I think if you have a solid safe plan where you could maneuver Mane out and then straight back in after two game weeks, then I think it's worth a shot.
1: Yeah, no, depends on I don't. What, I've heard of worse ideas. Depends on what price you bought them at. You know, uh, if, if you bought them at eleven five or whatever, then you know would probably want to hold. I, I, honestly, I I would just hold. I I you know, it's I, the same reason I'm holding Salah. I just don't think it's uh it's worth the risk. And if, you know, if you're gonna bring somebody out and the plan is just to bring them right back in um, just find some other move to make, you know, like it's like, it's putting too much, uh, it's putting too much pressure on one game week to deliver like massive results for you. Um, and as we saw this game week, it's, it's fluky. You just don't know what's going to happen. You know, sometimes Tammy's going to break at home to, you know, I mean, the Chelsea played a Bournemouth team with like all backup defenders and somehow they couldn't find the goal. You know, it's like, you never know what's going to happen.
0: You would think Sun seems like the only player worth, yeah, this two week, uh, uh, two week window without Monet. So if it's not him, then it's like, who are you bringing in that uh, is making this plan really worthwhile for you? And it's, I don't know, there are not a lot of candidates out. Yeah,
1: there. Yeah, I thought about Solidus Sun. Um, I don't know. I just feels like something's going to go wrong if I do that. Like, it's, you know, the hokey-cokey. <laughs> it's just not going to – something's going to go wrong and it's going to screw it up. And I like, I don't want to put myself in that position where I'm just, like, hating the decision that I made, you know. So, um, all right. A right. couple more questions. Uh, Peter Fluke says, how really necessary are the Spurs' assets, uh, especially when you factor in that KDB is undroppable? Madison and the pool defenders have to be considered as well. So, I, you know, one feels pretty necessary to me. What do you think about two? Are you, you know, does one game week change the idea that you want to have two Spurs assets? <laughs> you, you have two right now.
0: Yeah, I have. T- I have Delhi and Son, and it, it particularly in light of the fact that I have no Liverpool, uh, it seems kind of crazy. So, um, yeah, I think one is good. I think Delhi has come out ahead, maybe. On uh, FPL points the last month, but Sun still seems by far the the most uh, enticing asset yeah. there. I think he's the guy to get, and you have him, then I think you're covered, and you
1: don't need to worry about Delhi. Yep, yeah, I I think I agree with that completely. Um, and I, yeah, I thought he I thought Sun was defended really well. I thought uh, Wolves did a really good job on him and, and forcing him out wide basically every time he he touched the ball. Um, and, uh, yeah, he just looks, I mean, you know, the only concern would be if, if Erickson, you know, picked up a late assist in that match, gets more minutes and, you know, it moves Sun off some of the set pieces, uh, you know, maybe that hurts his potential a little bit, but yeah, I agree. I mean, Sun seems like the one, um, he's the one player I just don't have at all right now who I most want to have in my team. So, uh. Yeah, right. um, FPL Sizz says, what to do with Mr. Consistent, aka Jimmy. Um, I feel like he is getting the callum the truth treatment. So is that the good, is that the good version or the bad version? You know, because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I love, I love Jimenez. Um, and you must have been a little sad to let Jimenez go, right? He's a fun player to have in your team.
0: Yeah. Um, it, well, I've, the trap I fell into the last week was becoming too enamored of my team value, and boy howdy, I am loving my team value right now. But it's it it doesn't do anything for me, and that was the the like spark for the Jimenez to Rashford move. Even though Rashford looked really appealing, but yeah, I was I said as much earlier in the podcast. I think it's a dead heat between Jimenez and Rashford, and. Hindsight being what it is, I just don't think there's enough in it. If you already have him, and as to feel like you have to move him for somebody else yeah. like Rashford, so
1: what to do with him? Keep well, him. And along that line, uh, FPL Hornet says what to do with Tammy Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, feel like I'm feeling very targeted
0: right now. Uh, that's a tricky one. It, that is the more interesting yeah, question. It is.
1: Yeah. Um so somebody brought this up and I, I was a little surprised. I, I saw this on Twitter earlier today, but his his record of late is not quite as as strong as you would as as you would think. Um I sort of think of him as someone who's been kind of unstoppable in fantasy, but he you know, he did miss one match with injury, although I think that's, you know, it, We'll factor that in. But that's true of a lot. You know, people get people miss a match because of injury just suspension. So, um, in the last five game weeks, he only has one goal and one assist. Um, and you know, two. Uh, you know, blank. Didn't play in a match. Twelve points against Aston Villa, and then back to back blanks in game week sixteen and seventeen. Not as involved in game week seventeen as you would have expected. I thought he. uh I, you know when I, I, I that was not a match I was watching in real time, but I watched the highlights later. I was like, I just I, I think he hit the side net earlier on, but I was expecting uh, him to be really involved in that match. I thought he might have like a hat trick or something. Yeah. I was I was considering burning points to bring him in, Right. Um, so it's a little surprising. Yeah, if you do a comparison,
0: just looking at uh, upcoming fixtures for Jimenez, Rashford, and Tammy, who I think are all in the same bracket, Abraham's fixtures are they're they're really confusing right they have spurs in game week 18 which you know we were we were kind of throwing shade at spurs defense uh, a few minutes ago then at southampton at home you have to really yep. like that for chelsea arsenal brighton burnley newcastle arsenal again lester you it's like the fixtures aren't awesome but the fixtures aren't yep. terrible I do think though if if Rashford is able to string some FPL results together over the holidays I would plan to keep Rashford and Vardy and then Abraham would be first on the chopping block if I'm looking to find cash.
1: Yep, yeah, that makes that makes sense. Or get
0: Jimenez back.
1: Yeah, get Jimenez back or maybe maybe Danny Ings uh who I'm sort of finally coming around on, you know. Um I don't know. That's I think both of us it took us like about three and a half months to like finally like accept that he might be an interesting <laughs> Although, ridiculous
0: match against yeah. West Ham where he uh, he put the ball off the crossbar and then the uh the post, even though he was flagged offside and very unlucky in that match not to be yeah. not to score. Tough run
1: coming up, I will say. Um the Aston Villa, you know, this is the thing about Matt Target, is I I, I kind of feel like Southampton are gonna score in that match. Um, you know, there's almost nobody that I really okay, here's here's a question. This kind of goes back to an original thing that we were talking about, but when you look at Gamic 18, I mean, is there do you see a single defender worth burning four points on? Like just look, looking at all the all the game week eighteen oh. fixtures, is there any one team where you are like, I that that that's the, that's the defender to have like that? You know, even if they're not going to get a clean sheet, they could do something in that match. I feel really like, confident about that one because I I am not sure that I do. Uh,
0: I mean, you are talking about burning four on Sheffield United or Palace defenders, and that's just. That's yeah. just not advisable.
1: No, and and Palace I mean, they probably to,
0: have the two best defensive fixtures, even though yeah. they're away from home.
1: Yeah, and and yeah, exactly. Don't burn four on a defender in a match in a, in a road match. Is that like a? I think that's just like a good, solid rule of thumb. You know, I, I, Newcastle could absolutely one hundred percent score in that game week eighteen fixture. I would not be. They scored home all the time. They scored home on anybody, you know, so I, I wouldn't, it would not be surprised me if they, if they scored in that match, that's for sure. Um, so I'm reading this, yeah. uh,
0: thinking about defenders and thinking about the Villa defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Villa really misses Tyrone Mings when he's out and he missed this week. I'm reading this quote on his thigh injury that says, quote, thankfully for us, Mings thigh injury, it's not in the belly of the hamstring. Hopefully he'll be pain free after this weekend and then can keep progressing. He's expected to be back this next game week, but I love this quote. The pain is not in the belly
1: of the ham- hamstring. God, That's so pretty, confusing. Pretty poetic. Yeah. It, God, hand, someone's going <laughs> to like invent like bionic hamstrings or something like that. And like that's going to like – every every offseason players are just going to go and get like a brand new ham- – like like an unbreakable hamstring and it's going to change – can change yeah. everything. 3D printed. <laughs> 3D printed hamstrings. Uh, I, I don't even really know what a hamstring looks like. Like, can you mentally picture it in your head? I really don't like I don't know. It's it's hard to uh, it's just like a taut
0: muscle on the back of your thigh,
1: right? I think of strings. I can't help it. I think of like dangling <laughs> strings. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's let's take let's take a quick break, Brandon. And uh we have okay. a one question lightning round to come, all right? Okay. Oh all right Brian we're back we have a one question lightning round okay so uh but again we'll we'll keep this answer uh short as as humanly possible okay as short as a human being can keep the answer we'll to see. this question all right it's a bit long so get ready here shorter
0: <laughs> than Lucas Torreira.
1: shorter than Lucas Torreira. uh Shane says can you guys help contextualize the top 10k as a target? Feels arbitrary in the sense that each year becomes harder to achieve as the pool of players keep, keeps expanding. And I think he means player, players playing the fantasy game. Keep expanding year over year. Uh, and the top 1% will be a more than respectable rank, which would take you to the top 72,000. Or even if you want to have that to account for dropouts, you call it the top 35K. So it's it's interesting, isn't it? This this The, the top 10K, the overall rank stuff. I don't know about you but it feels like that has really it's really come on as a like this the hall of fame this like you know this like sort of idea of where you place in the larger sphere. Yeah. Um has really it's it's a fairly recent idea I
0: feel like. <laughs> you ain't shit if you have, haven't been in the top 10. Yeah. I, I, I hear that. Do we need to do we need to adjust for inflation though given that we have more than 7 million people in the game now? I uh it's a good question or or is it like adjust for inflation or is it like hyper capitalism where the pressure is always to year on year, make more and more (laughs) money than you did the previous year for your shareholders. At some point it's all going to explode in your face. So should we just accept finishing in the top 100 K is the new top 10 K. Yeah. My, my soft target every season is top 100 K and top 10 K is just sort of a, gee that would be me that would mean i had a
1: great season yeah i mean i guess for me i the top 10k is the target but if i don't finish in the top 10k i i don't really care you know and so it's like so i don't mind keeping that there because I feel like I still don't think of myself. I mean, it's funny because I, I was just thinking about this recently. Um and uh I did, you know, I did that like at the meet the manager thing a couple of months ago. Um and I have like a you know, my, my worst ever finish was um I pull it up here. Um you know, I finished 574,000 uh, back in the 2013-14 season and when I did that interview we talked about that season for like 10 minutes on the podcast and i was like well if i'd known then that like people were going to pay attention to you know overall rank and maybe i would have done you know i would have i wouldn't have taken so many wild risks or something like that but that was the season when i was like stubbornly like no i'm not going to have yaya tori despite the fact that he's scoring you know 20 goals this season um and i think it was also the aaron ramsey season but I have always been mini league focused and, and not, I think both of us are, you know, feel this way. And so, you know, the top 10 K to me, it should just be like a, it's like a goal that's out there. And if you hit it cool, if not, I I really, you know, like who cares, you know, 72,000 overall versus 130,000. It doesn't feel like that's much different to me.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Well, it's, do I agree? What do I think about this? I don't really know. It's should your reach just all kind should your reach contest? Ex-
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> should your reach exceed your grasp, Brandon? You know, I mean, like, I don't I, even if it gets harder, I I don't mind it, it being a target. You know, like, like yeah, you can modify it for inflation. So now we talk about the top thirty-two k or something like that, or thirty whatever it is. <laughs> you know, it's like that, but that is like that, that's just. It's like, I feel like I'm being too easy on myself or something, you know, if I, like, it's like, I, I don't need that to feel good, you know, like, so, yeah. so then why change it? You know, like if, 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 yeah. if you know, to, I, I and I will say that finishing the top 10 K does feel like something significant and maybe I like, in a way I almost like that it's harder than ever. I mean, it's sort of, yeah it makes it really special if you get there and it actually takes the pressure off if you don't, you know, because yeah. it is so hard. Yeah. Here's the deal. I think...
0: I, I'm, I'm starting to come to terms with, I might be, I might have a bad season. I might have my worst season this season. That may, that may happen. And that's okay because this day was going to come. This season was going to come. I wasn't going to finish in the top 100K every single season from here to the end of time. It was never going to happen. I have a bad season. I'll come back next season. Next season will be hopefully a better season. I don't think that if you're having a bad season, There is still a lot of time left for me, for sure. And this, this narrative could change. But say flash forward to uh, Game Week 38 and I'm still, you know, 500K. That, that's just the way it was going to be this season. We'll come back next season and we'll do it a little different or the season will be different. Mm-hmm. It, and I don't want it to be a situation where, OK, I'm having a difficult season. Therefore, the game must be harder. Right, Maybe, therefore, you're just having a difficult season, and that's okay, because you play this game long enough, these seasons will come. Yeah. Maybe the game is changing a little bit. Maybe it's because there are more, but maybe it's just that uh, you're going to have an off-season, and you have to it, – it's hard to come to terms with that. So I don't – that's very woo-woo, but – No, I, I hear you, um, and, and I, I think just I – think it's just – this is a super emotional thing. I think I agree
1: with you, because um, – yeah, exactly. You've never had your, just to repeat it again, Brandon, 574,830 <laughs> overall. You've never had that, you know? So maybe that'll, like, I think you said this on a kitchen table podcast recently. Uh, sometimes, you know, losing can be helpful. You know, I mean, I sort of, when I had that, that my worst ever season, I did come out of it thinking to myself, okay, I am not going to be the player who doesn't have the awesome player anymore to be stubborn, you know? And that with Jamie Vardy this season, you know, five game weeks ago, I just burned four and I brought him in. You know, I didn't want to do it. I was, you know, it's funny because our friend Eric Freeman is going through this right now. <laughs> he, just, he just won't bring Jamie Vardy in. And it's like, uh, it's like at some point you just you just got to do it and then you can move on to other decisions. Yeah. You know, it's like if you decide that you're going to be the person who doesn't bring in Jimmy Vardy in this, you know, to use this example, it defines everything you do. <laughs> you know, Every move you make, you're constantly yeah. thinking. It's like you don't bring him in. <laughs> it means you have to think about him every single week and talk about it. In some ways, he becomes even more important to you when he's not in your squad. Um, you know, and sometimes it's better just to like to go with the flow a little more and play a little more defense. And so. You know, I don't know what it'll be for you. I mean, I don't think that's that's the problem for you. But, um, but you know, but again, yeah, this idea that like maybe it is a good it is good to have like a, a rough season because it gets you to rethink the way you play a little bit or something like that. Like, um, you know, you don't yeah. um, rest on your uh, instincts as much, or you, I don't know, like whatever like, you like, you you try to find a new way to 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 be good at the game. Yeah.
0: Right. I do think it – I do think that the game getting bigger doesn't necessarily mean the game is per, by by percentage getting filled with that many more skilled FPL managers. It's like as everything grows, it, it more or less becomes filled with more uh, Johnny-come-latelys mm-hmm. uh, if you've – if you know what I mean. So I'd like, I wouldn't be totally intimidated and put off by the growth of FPL.
1: Like It's definitely yeah. a good thing. Someone we've heard of, like who, like we, like I know what his face looks like is number one in the world right now by 20 points, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. it can, you can, you can, I don't know, like you don't need to be a full time, like fantasy manager, content creator or whatever um, in order to be number one or to finish the, t- you know? So I think, I I think I'm with you there. It's not like, yeah, it's not like this flood of players is all experts. I will say the flood of players is there's more people who are lucky, you know, and um, that kind of or who who will just, you know, and I'm not even sure 38 weeks is long enough to weed out that stuff, you know, I mean, a a well-timed triple captain yeah. you know when a player you know if you triple captain kevin de bruyne this game week um that's as good a return as anyone's probably going to get into triple captain this season you know we're right up there so um yeah. you know so i think that you know but, but luck is you want you want a little bit of luck in the game it makes it it it's why it's why you get up every morning you know on saturdays not knowing what's going to happen that day it's part of the fun of it you know as um you know, just not, not knowing what's like life just on planet earth right now. I think (laughs) exactly. You check Twitter and you have no idea what's, what's about to, what's about to go down.
0: (laughs) Is the, is the Eastern half of the, of
1: the planet still
0: there. I'm not sure.
1: So, yeah, so I guess, um, I don't know. So I, I guess just, I don't know if there's like a way to sum this up or not, but I'm, I, for me 10 K is definitely the target. Um, I think it's good. You know, it's interesting because going into the season, um, I I had a, you know I had a really good year. Both of us did had a really good season last year, and so I was like I was really ambitious with my goal on this season. And I was like I want to finish the top five hundred. Um, you know you kind of want to push on from the season before, and that was definitely a mistake. And I wish I hadn't thought that way because it was it put me in a position where I was. I was like immediately unhappy, constantly devastated. Yeah. I was constantly (laughs) devastated. Like I was immediately bummed out with how my season was going and, you know, two weeks into a 38 game week season, you know, and that's not, that's not fun. It's not healthy. It's not, you know, so I think 10 K is like a, that's as like a, that's 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 as, that's as, that's the only target I want to set for myself moving forward. Anything, anything above that is, is just gravy, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree. Well said. Good. All right, All so right. I mean we're, we we we've pretty much previewed Game Week 18 yeah. uh, throughout the heart of the show. So We'll we'll sort of just leave it at that.
1: Yeah, it was a thirty second answer to that lightning round question. I think we went through that pretty fast, so that was that's always good too. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, great
0: question, Shane.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, so that's that's the podcast. Uh, Game of Eighteen is coming up. We'll be uh, talking on uh, the Always cheating Slack on Twitter, and uh, you can also email us if you have any questions. Um, you can message us at. Uh, I, I'm actually I'm skipping ahead, Brian. We'll do the we'll do the producer thank yous in just a second here. But uh, you can I love you can, this you can I e- love
0: this unconventional uh, setup.
1: Unconventional, yeah. You can email us hailcheaters at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at hailcheaters, Instagram at hailcheaters, Facebook is facebook.com dot slash always cheating. Website has all this information and more. It's always Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify. A lot more people are on Spotify than ever before. I've been listening to more podcasts on Spotify than ever before. Uh, There's also Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, and a million other places where you can listen to our podcasts. And, uh, you know, Brian, we mentioned this before, earlier podcasts in December, but December is like our little mini pledge month. If you um, are able to do it and you can kick a little uh, couple dollars into the can and send them our way, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Cheating to do that um and uh, brandon you want to thank our producers yeah
0: big thanks to our producers trevor ingerson mike de chris howell andy penn chris carter martin savage brian t to big gaffer bob coon jeff husby kind of screwed myself taking a deep breath early on in that <laughs> list see if i can get back into it ben grant james holland jazz binning dave wagner lodal nick Wright, jim payne brian chin blair jacobson frederick Keane, gransky travis west alan creasy victor Forberg, skoging paul Herzig, kaya christine lalang styan kneehouse Barry McGuire, Peter Bodok Andy Portlock, and Toothless Gibbon. Thanks to you guys. Oh, and Andy Martin. I don't want to leave Andy Martin off. Perhaps the best producer we could have ever hoped for. Big ups to Andy. Thank you to all of you. Whether you're a supporter, or a producer, or what have you, we just appreciate you listening and tuning in and interacting with us in the FPL community. And uh, on behalf of myself, I'll wish you all a good, good luck in Game Week 18. Josh, what are your last words? Um,
1: I'll just uh, yeah, I'll, I wish everybody the best of luck as well. I just wanted to note that we will be doing a podcast before Game Week 19. Uh, we're planning to do one next weekend. After that, it'll be a little tricky through the holidays, but we'll um, we'll keep everyone posted on uh, on social media about what we're doing and what our plans are. So, uh, but definitely we'll have one for you next week. Boom, Poku forever! Hail cheaters!